a Syracuse Sports Center starts now. Good afternoon, I'm Seth Goldberg. The Yankees head to Seattle to start a three-game set with the Mariners. Masahiro Tanaka on the mound for the Yankees. In his last three starts, Tanaka has posted a 2.70 ERA. The Yankees are 2-1 and one in those games. James Paxton starts for the Mariners, first pitch tonight at 10 o'clock on TK99. Mets and Phillies starting a three-game set at City Field this weekend. Steven Matz and Cy Young candidate Aaron Nola are the starters. Coverage starts at 6.30 on ESPN AM at 1200. WNBA Finals starting tonight with CNS grad Brianna Stewart leading the Seattle Storm against the Washington Mystics. And our high school football game of the week this week, 0-1 Mexico plays host to 1-0 VVS. Join Julian Wiggum and myself with coverage of our Drivers Village High School game of the week starting at 645, kickoff at 7 on ESPN Radio 97.7 and 100.1. I'm Seth Goldberg. Mr. Goldberg, before we start the Matt Park Show, I'd like to hit you up with something I just caught What on Orange Nation. You own a knife block that sharpens your knives. That seems like the most pretentious, rich person thing I can imagine, and something that anybody in their 20s that's single and lives alone should not have. Uh, yeah, I didn't think I needed it. It just showed up one weekend. My parents were visiting, and... Uh I went to do a pregame show here, and they were like, we have time to go do stuff and run errands. And I showed up back in my apartment, and it was there. Let me, let me uh, butt in if I can, uh, and far be it for me to support Seth, which is something I rarely do on or off the air. <laughs> uh, with a nod to you, Polly, I do agree that it's not something you would expect to see in a young man, single young man's apartment like, uh, like Seth. I will say it's not like otherworldly you know you can pick these things up at bed bath and beyond or exactly i don't it even think like you're, it's a definitely bit, like a sharper image but probably it, not even I'm there on bed like, and bath yeah right i don't think it's that much of a splurge in fact i would bet there's one at target like i don't think it's that that's not that extravagant you got to put your knives somewhere i put mine in the drawer you know and they stay there I they get too. dull if you have a block yeah you can have a block but you may as well have a sharpening block because it's not not the that much of a deviation. Uh, the sharp, might- the ones I'm sharper image, hundred forty nine dollars. Okay. Uh, co- Wait, time out, time out. Everything at sharper image is going to be. Coles is ninety nine dollars. Okay, that's not that. It's a lot of money for a knife block, man. <laughs> Let me see. Let me go to. Uh, yeah, I mean that one on top. There, there. That one doesn't have the sharpener on it. Um, I guarantee you can get 53 one. Fifty three bucks. Okay, Target, guarantee it. Yeah, that's at twelve, but. I don't know, it just seems a little extravagant to me. But your claim off the air was that it was the snobbiest, richest kid thing you've heard said. <laughs> yeah. It's not even the snobbiest that I've heard in 24 hours. On this radio station? Not on the air. Oh. No, so yesterday at this time, it was actually yeah, 26 hours ago, we were literally right at this time 26 hours ago starting a golf tournament uh, that I was asked to play before we got talking about the show, whatever. So I missed the show yesterday. Golf tournament was happy to be there. It was a blast. Thanks to my host for having me, and that's why I'm keeping his name out of this. But he said this: first of all, we're playing at Adunio, which is the nicest course between Albany and Rochester. Okay, immaculate conditions, unbelievable. But literally, has hosted a PGA Tour event several times over. People waiting on you hand and fist. If you go up there on your own to play, it's going to cost you about 250 bucks. Already before we play, we've had a nice meal on the deck, all this swag that they give you, right? And we're going out, we're on the first hole, and he says, oh, by the way, you you have a cooler on your cart, which is no other golf course I'm aware of that 
furnaces this. In fact, most keep you from having it. The cooler on your cart is already pre-stocked with water. The pro sending you out has already established this whole deal about where's going to be the food. There's hot dogs out on the course. Nobody else has that. Here's uh, like six different hydration stations and, and all this stuff. He says, there's no fresca here. There's no fresca anywhere. They don't have fresca here. So while we all are in the same breath of, dude, what is your problem? You can't get by without fresca. And like, how snobby is that? He says, well, I know where there is some in this Land Rover over here. So he starts to take like three steps toward the parking lot as if he's going to, it wasn't even his Land Rover, somebody else's Land Rover that he was going to get their fresca out of so that he could go on to the golf course and play. We eventually talked him off the ledge. That is far more that is way snobby worse. and pretentious than sharp knives. Everybody needs and wants sharp knives. I just found my knife block, forty nine ninety seven. It runs exactly. All right, so what? Block. If you're paying so fifty for one that more. doesn't sharpen, why wouldn't you want one that does sharpen for a couple bucks more? I don't know. I'm guessing that Seth Goldberg does not have the sixty dollar knife sharp. No, he I'm probably does. I'm just saying he probably. I did. You're probably on the right track. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm thinking, mom and dad got him the nice block. Probably did. You ready to start your show? I would say we could start the show, but I would say. One other thing, this has kind of been Polly's defense. If you're going to splurge on something in your kitchen... It's not going to be a knife block. Correct. And so if that's what you did do, that's a, that's a problem. So I would hope you have the other nice stuff, too. I would ask for a PlayStation cartridge. All right, let's get into the stupid the show. Playing with... Maybe I could be like an announcer, like a columnist. I don't believe what I just saw! You know how I always make those interesting comments during the game? Personally, I think we got holes on that call. Yeah, yeah, you make good comments. So what about that? You know, they tend to give those jobs to ex-ball players and people that are, you know, in broadcast. What about a talk show host? This is In the Booth. Talk show host, that's good. <laughs> I think I'd be good at that. I talk to people all the time. With Matt Park. The show before the show, that was kind of like the Stu Gotts pregame show, and now we are off and running. Lots going on today on a simply beautiful Friday. This is spectacular. The uh, heat wave in the middle of the week, the high temperatures and humidity, they've broken. Yesterday was a very nice day, a little warmer, and today, perfect. Uh, 74-ish and uh, limited humidity. And I know Seth was talking about going out to a high school football game tonight. Good night for football. Should have a good day for football tomorrow. Indoors, though, in the Carrier Dome as the Orange take on Wagner. We've got lots to get into about uh, not so much the game necessarily, but we will visit with a couple of former uh, Syracuse football players on the show today. We've been teasing Cam Lynch. We'll have uh, fairly regular appearances on this show. Cam wants to keep his uh, foot in uh, broadcasting a little bit as uh, he explores what other options are out there aside from playing, but uh, he's just made the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for a fourth year, and uh, he'll be with us a bit later. And James Mungro is part of what they're calling Syracuse Saturday, which is a new show, a video board uh production that you'll see at the Carrier Dome for this coming season. So we thought we would touch base with him about his role in that. He'll be on it with Tanisha Murphy from Bridge Street and Lisa Chalenza from Gomez and Lisa in the morning here on TK99 and uh, get a feel for what they're trying to accomplish, what fans might see up there, and what he thinks of the team and of the uh, upcoming schedule. So Cam Lynch and James Mungro along for the ride today, as is Polly Sibilia. You can be as well by phone at 424 424- not that one, not 424-8599. That's uh, how to get on the Dino Baber Show. But if you want to get on this show, you can get on at 437-7644-ESPN44 if you'd like to chime in. 
It's been a stressful day here at the radio station. A lot, a lot going on. You'd like to coast on Fridays, and uh, I'm with you. It has not been super stressful necessarily, but uh, lots of things flying here on a Friday. Being on the Levitard show with Baldwin was a lot of fun. You did that this morning? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was a lot, I'll, I'll have to play it for you. It was a lot of fun. And okay. Just connecting two Is radio shows. Is that still sh- a thing? That, that's still- well, we had both radio shows on each oh, other gotcha. at the same time, gotcha. and Alec on the phone, gotcha. and it was a lot of fun. Okay, so, cool. Well, I look forward to uh, checking that out. I'm sure that's podcast it's, it's, somewhere. It's, uh, yep, yeah, it's up at uh, com or ESPN Syracuse uh, in I, iTunes and Google Play. On my way to the Snooty Golf Outing uh, yesterday, I listened uh, to, uh, in fact, Julian's appearance on uh, Brent Axe's show on Wednesday. So uh, took advantage of ESPN Syracuse with the uh, podcasting there. A lot of good stuff. Easy to catch up on things that you may miss. And if we ever do anything noteworthy on this show, you'll find it up there. I'm going to hit you, Pauly, uh, quickly on a Friday, overrated, underrated. These are things that build up over the course of the week and I get uh, burned on. Uh, totally overrated. Last night's the first NFL game, and I know people are talking about the green zone. Well, we can get into that later. I'm just, why did somebody think, like, I'm all for technology. I love television. I love making television. I love using technology. What's totally overrated is that bubble that they put on the screen with the down and distance that seems to me it does nothing but draw your attention to that little segment of the screen when it's already on there on the score bug along the bottom. I don't I understand you can put it up there because you can. There's a lot of things you can do. Just because you can doesn't mean we need it. We don't need it there. And then they went this other step, so that's totally overrated. And then this green zone where they're, you know, superimposing like a highlighted portion between the line of scrimmage and the yellow first down marker is completely ridiculous. Did you notice that last yes, time we were, we were at press room? We had a good crowd. Of course, the game didn't start for a while. It was delayed. These are things that make it easier to watch games in bars, so I understand the interest there, but uh, stop it with the shading of the green. I, I think there's too much. I agree with you. I think there's too much going on, and they're they're doing too much. I also, and I'll ask you this because you're a TV guy. What do you think about the camera behind the quarterback? The, I'm fine ain't... with it. Oh, Love I it. can't yeah. stand it. Oh, once in a while, I don't think it should be your main game camera all the time, but I, I those things don't really bother me. The cluttering up of the screen unnecessarily. Now, I like K-Zone. Some people get all bent out of shape about that. I'm not one of those, especially because it's mostly pretty subtle and, and whatever. But the third and 14, and it's, you know, it's too big and... It's got more colors and it's team coded and the logo and it just draws my attention too much on the screen. Talk about first world problems. But yeah, that in totally the, overrated. The yardage to field goal range. Is, I have no problem with that. You don't, I like that because I think it's that it's not accurate. Like you don't know if that's well, yardage to field goal. Well, here's the thing: it's it's they tend to calculate that to the kicker's career long, which I think is presumptuous. Yeah. Just because he he hit from 57 one time doesn't mean he's regularly making 57-yard field goals. At the end of the game, when you're trying to figure out what do they need to do to reasonably have a chance to tie or win this game to get into field goal range, maybe, you know, wh- where do we think he's an 85%er or, or something like that? Or, or show me to get to a 50-yard field goal, which is reasonable for a big league kicker. Uh, but yeah, that one, I, and, and again, that goes on the screen and it comes off. It's not on during the play and and all this other things, uh, but... It gives you false hope as a fan. Yeah. You're like, the, oh, he can hit it from there. <laughs> no, he can't. The extra down and distance completely overrated. And to be, you know, try to stay in a good mood today and to balance things out, I was thinking, what's underrated? 
You know what's underrated tonight? Uh, live soccer is underrated. I'm not a big soccer guy. Went to the soccer game on Sunday. Tonight is the ACC opener, Syracuse and Notre Dame. We'll have it on the ACC Network Extra as well on the, the Watch ESPN app. That'll be a fun time out there tonight. Beautiful weather. When you're at the game, you're close enough. You can hear the guys you know, communicating to one another and yelling at the refs and, and that kind of stuff. So that's underrated. They scored seven goals, uh, seven total. Syracuse scored four, gave up three in the game on Sunday. It'll be lower scoring uh, tonight. But uh, soccer in person at a high level, underrated. So uh, there's two things. Never been to, to a soccer game either, so maybe I'll come up. And no, not even high school? What time is it at? Because I'm going up to that's set up a, the dome for the yeah. football broadcast. Maybe I can that's a, a 7 o'clock game. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah. So we'll be over there. Yeah, come check it out. Looking forward to uh, to seeing that one tonight and seeing uh, who can get off on the front foot. Like Higgins and I, that's what we do, you know, dork it up around the office. We do soccer talk, get men forward, and get on the front foot. Not even going to ask. So the, the winner of this one would be on the, the top of the table, they would call that in the, the ACC. A lot of stupid soccer, European soccer lingo. 90% of Americans have no idea what you're Most talking about. Most do not, and I barely do. I know just enough to uh, to be dangerous. All right, let's get a break out of the way. We'll get Cam Lynch next. Then do we care James Mungrow breezing through a Friday on a game week headed to the Orange and Wagner in the Dome Saturday. This is In the Booth, brought to you by Marriott Syracuse Downtown on ESPN Radio. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth, off and running on a Friday, brought to you by Marriott Syracuse Downtown. You heard the promo there, Giants and Jaguars. Good one to open the season. On the uh, Giants, there's a little Syracuse love. Riley Dixon, the punter traded in the offseason. Great uh, landing spot for him, native of uh, Sylvan Beach and uh, CBA product. So he gets to play for the Giants, and they take on Doug Marone and the Jaguars. Uh, that's an outstanding Jacksonville team. That's a, a good opener for both. And the NFL season is underway, and with that, we bring on our friend from the NFL, Cameron Lynch, linebacker of the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers and uh, former Syracuse star. And uh, Cam, good to uh, have you on again. We kind of teased your appearance on Tuesday, and we get to spend a little time with you this afternoon. How's things? Everything is great, man. Everything is great. Just getting ready for the ready for the Saints this week. Uh, we travel down to New Orleans, and hopefully, we get to go down there and kick some tail. Season is uh, underway. Last night, uh, the Eagles and Falcons. Eagles. Uh, hanging on to win there. That season got delayed a little bit because of uh, uh, weather around uh, the stadium in Philadelphia. And I can imagine for you guys, the preseason is so long and so arduous, and you're all just trying to make the cut and make the team. And, and congratulations to you for uh, making the Bucks roster for a fourth year now. To even have a half hour or 45 minute delay before the start of your game has got to be a pain. Yes, most definitely. We had to delay our third preseason game, I believe it was, um, against the Titans, and we were just praying, like, please don't don't make it go longer than it should be, because you know the games end up ending around like eleven or twelve. So we were just hoping it end up at end at one or anything like that. So uh, the delays are, are a lot, but you them to stay focused during those those situations and stay fresh and stay ready to go um, when it when the rain stops. So a division game uh, to open up for you guys, huh? Yes, big big game, big game coming up against the Saints. It was nice watching the Falcons last night, as well as the Eagles, because they're both our opponents coming up. But big big game uh, this coming up this Sunday against the Saints. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go head to head with uh, a division opponent, so it'll it'll be it'll be worth a lot. I'll let you weigh in on my uh, opening rant here at the beginning of the show. I saw that uh, NBC last night debuted what they're calling the Green Zone, so they're they're kind of shading in the turf 
between the line of scrimmage and the yellow first down marker. Now, I don't know how we ever watch football without that yellow line on the field superimposed on television. That's that's uh, God's gift. But yeah. what about this green shading? Do you need that? No, I, 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 since for, actually this is the first time I'm hearing about the, okay. green, the green shading, man. That's, I, I don't know what that is. I, I probably don't need it, but um, I'm, I'm curious to hear more about what's going on with that so the green zone what can you can you dive more into that well they i just caught it a couple times i don't know if maybe they don't do it until third down or something but so the yellow line obviously you know is not there it's superimposed by computer tricks okay well now right in front of the yellow line it's it's green you know it's it's uh computer generated to indicate how you know the chunk of yardage that needs to be covered so between the line of scrimmage and the line to gain is darker in color than the actual turf. Ah, uh, like okay, okay, yeah. I mean, it's it's, it's great for the viewer, right? It, it paints a great picture for the viewer to to understand what what teams are going for, what offensive coordinators are going for. So let's say it was let's say second second and six, right? And the green zone is going up to the the first down mark. I'm, I'm sure that that'll help the viewer kind of think about what the offensive coordinator is thinking, what a defensive coordinator is thinking um, in those particular situations, right? Because there's a certain amount of plays that you run in certain down the distances. So that that could be, that visual aid could be nice. Now, I'm already against this, so don't try to convince, <laughs> don't, don't try to change my opinion. But I would say from your perspective as an NFL linebacker, that's, you know, it's defining the area where that battle is fought. Your whole job, if you had to, Explain to somebody that you ran into on a city bus. What does a linebacker do? It's stopping them short of that yellow line. That's your whole job, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty much stop, stopping every play for zero for zero yard gains. That's that's what we do. Anybody with the ball, we go get them and make sure they get you know zero to no to no yards uh, whenever whenever we're playing. So stop the ball and make sure they don't get over that line. Cameron Lynch is our guest of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Cam. Uh, Put us in training camp for you this year. You know the Browns got a lot of attention there with the Hard Knocks team, so I think that's the team people pay attention to more than others uh, in the preseason. That's the door we were let behind to to watch it. What characterized Bucks camp? Clearly, uh, Jameis Winston suspended for the uh, first part of the season here, so that was a storyline. How about uh, you and your perspective and your battle for a job? Well, what, what I think it was is for me, it's the same. It's the same battle every year, right? Um, I have to I have to earn a earn a spot on the team no matter what. If I'm a I'm going on my fourth year here now, and um, I would say I'm pretty I'm pretty established um, on special teams in the league, so that doesn't matter. <laughs> Every year you have to prove yourself. Um, you know, this, our storyline this year was is you know what are the Bucks going to do without Jameis? Like you said, uh, blah blah. But um, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's done a great job stepping up, um, making making plays, making big throws. So I think. And I think we're going to go on a run, man, with, with Ryan. And then when James comes back, we'll welcome in with opening, opening arms. But uh, we're going to make a run. And uh, we got, like I said, we got great quarterbacks. So um, I have full confidence in what, what, we're, going to do, what we're going to do this year. Saw where the uh, Bucks GM a couple weeks ago said, hey, if we get off to a great start with this veteran quarterback, uh, we're not just going to hand it to Jameis necessarily. It'll be reevaluated at that, at that time. And we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. Cam, Syracuse football opens uh, with three straight games in the Dome starting tomorrow. Wagner up first, and maybe you can put us in the position of a, a veteran player on the team, senior year, like in the case of Eric Dungy, of Chris Slayton on the defensive line. 
Uh, what's it like here the night before your first dome game? There's only six of them this year, and uh, with the hopes of making a bowl game, you, you can't mess around at home. Yeah, you, you can't mess around any game, really. Uh, every game counts. Defend the dome, defend the home. Uh, it's the Lyle House, man. So, you know, the Q's fans have to come in there and show out, no matter if it's Wagner, whether, whether it's Clemson. Like, the, the energy needs to be there. The energy is, is important for us athletes. I'm sure for Eric Dungy, Having having the fans out there rooting them on when he's running that running that ball down the field, uh, throwing big touchdown passes to Jamal Custis, who 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 really impressed me uh, this this past game against Western Michigan. I remember Jamal Custis when I when I came in my senior year, man. He he wasn't really he wasn't the athlete he is he is now, nor the catcher he is now. But he looks like a like a top five round draft pick right now. The way he's moving, the way he's catching that ball. So um, it, it'll be big for those guys, those seniors, especially for the freshmen, the freshmen too. Now. Um, and situations like this for seniors, you want your, your your freshmen to step up and play hard, right? Like you want to look in their eyes and know that they're down there with you and uh, down there getting it. So it's big for the freshmen to step up and the younger guys to step up for the seniors and uh, have a big night. Well, in this case, literally for Custis, it was a career game. Basically, all the production he's done in his career, he came back and replicated that in one game against Western Michigan. A couple of great catches, got to the end zone twice. When a guy does that... You know, and you had to break out games somewhere along the line too. Your your first big one, and you've kind of made it. You haven't made it until you follow it up, right? And so, how do you approach that next game? Yes, you have, you have to follow it up because you're only as good as your last game. And he had a great last game. So um, this Wagner game, he's gonna have to he's gonna have to just ball out again like he did, or top that one. If I'm Jamal, I want to top last last week's game, right? And that's how you get better. You stack your chips. Um, and, you know, when those big games do come up, we're going to expect them to make those big plays then, too. So we're praying for great help for, for those guys out there in the orange and, um, and just big big plays because we, we need to see it as Syracuse alum, and uh, I'm excited for it. I'm excited for what they have going on. Now, they did get gassed in the run game uh, quite a bit, gave up a couple of deep balls, really, with the young safeties back there. As you know, Cam, they're replacing all three starting linebackers from last year who were, in essence, the top three tacklers on the team, how long does it take before a unit feels like they're collective and they're together? Because this is by definition a bit of a, a hodgepodge in putting the, the linebackers together for this year. Yeah, I think it's it's on the it's on the seniority on the team, right? Just to make sure that everybody's on the same page. If if a lot of the guys aren't returning from the last year and the guys are gone, and you have guys that need to step up. You just have to make sure that it's more of a, a, a team leadership type thing. If there's not one definite leader, it has to be a group of guys, a, a select group of guys, and the defensive guys, hey, we need to meet extra and go over these run fits to make sure we're in our right gap. So um, it, I don't think it, it doesn't really matter, you know, who you are as long as you're in the right place at the right time. So, you know, just watching that sec, looking at the second half of that Western Michigan game, <clears throat> they just sound, looked like there was uh, uh, not much gap integrity. So, uh, hopefully this week that they went to the uh, into the film room, looked at that film, and told each other like, "Hey, I'm gonna be in this gap. I want you to be in that gap, and we're gonna count on each other." So I'm expecting that from the, the young linebackers this week coming up, and, and for them just to uh, play gap down football and, and play their do their responsibilities. And if Wagner has any chance uh, against Syracuse for big plays or to expose the Syracuse defense, it's going to be in the run game. Ryan Fulce of Wagner is their best player. He ran for 271 yards and three touchdowns last week, a couple of long touchdown runs, and uh, that would be the way they're going to get it done. I don't think they're going to throw the ball uh, all over Syracuse uh, in this game tomorrow. Last thing, we touched base on this uh, briefly on 
uh, Tuesday, Cam. Uh, Zaire Franklin, kind of a guy that's followed you here, is about to make his NFL debut. He was a late-round draft choice and uh, made the team in Indianapolis. And I would imagine he'll have to break in the way you did as well with special teams and, and some other things. How big of a leap is it from being a solid college player to finding your way in the NFL with the speed of the game going up another notch and obviously the accountability as well? I'm not, we play in the ACC, so everything everything is fast there. It's, it's not as fast as the SEC, but everything is fast there. So usually, as far as Zaire, he just trusts his, his abilities. Uh, like I said, he's been a captain since he was a sophomore in college, so um, he, play, he plays at a high level. Uh, he's strong. He, he's smart. Like I said, I played, I played with him um, for two years, and he, he's been a leader ever since. He's been capable to make moves and to make big plays, so I, I have no doubt. So special teams will be his main, his main focus. Um, this week coming up or in the following weeks. And if somebody goes down, he has to be ready to, to step in and play linebacker, which I'm sure he has he has, uh, he has has that ready to go and lock down. So I'm glad he got his little his number changed. Um, and that's, I'm just excited. I can't wait to see what he does. Very cool to see him in uniform number uh, 44 when he takes the field for the Colts. We'll be watching you as well, Cam, when you take the field for the Bucks uh, in New Orleans uh, this weekend. So all good stuff. We'll uh, get into a little slot here that uh, works for you and your schedule and have you on on a regular basis. Okay, my friend? Sounds great, man. Thanks for having me. All right, Cam Lynch of the Tampa Bay Bucks, one of the all-time leading tacklers in uh, Syracuse football history. Good dude. And a uh, guy that I think we can have on more than occasionally. He kind of uh, went on something that Coach Baber said there at the end in that last uh, about jumping from college to the NFL is not as big of a jump as it is from any high school to college. Where he said, "Hey, I'm in the ACC. It's fast there, and it's whereas Baber said when you come from high school into college, it's a way bigger jump in changing of the speed of the football game, even more so than it is going from college to the NFL." Yeah, I agree with that, and I think if you look at somebody like Andre Cisco, who started as a true freshman last week for Syracuse, which is a historic thing. The last time that a true freshman started at safety in the opening game was Marcus Paul in 1985. Andre Cisco. The coaches say, this is all prior to this, first of all, he's physically developed. He looks more like a junior than a freshman. And his football IQ is on a junior level, not on a freshman level. What happened? He got burned a couple of times. Well, not every high school team, even at IMG, he's playing at IMG, which is a football factory, and they, they know what they're doing. They play a good schedule. If the other team's got a 4-3 dude, first of all, they probably don't. Second, it sticks out, and you really know about it. Well, when you go up there in Western Michigan and you're not into the scouting report or whatever, and they got a four three dude, uh, he's going to run right by you if you're not ready, and that's what happened. And they learned their lesson. So, uh, game one out of the way. Game two is tomorrow. The Orange obviously heavily favored against Wagner, and then uh, we'll get into the real nitty gritty with Florida State coming in for the ACC opener next Saturday. We'll have James Mungro coming up here in just a bit. If you'd like to join us on the show today, you can four three seven seven six four four. That's four ESPN. 44 in the booth on ESPN Radio Syracuse. Do we care? Interesting. I doubt it. No, wait. The other thing. Tedious. But we will do this segment anyway. Don't care anymore. Don't care Detroit no Tigers broadcasters Mario Impemba and Rod Allen got into a fight in the booth the other day in Chicago on Tuesday. They got sent home and did not do the game the next day. Love it. This is so great. Apparently over a chair. These two have worked together for uh, more than a decade. I think something like 15 years. Mario and Pemba has been at it a while. Worked for the Angels before the Tigers. Rod Allen's a former American League player. 
and he chokes him. Apparently, I don't. I don't know if I want to characterize it as a choke without uh, seeing it. The uh, Rod Allen's lawyer has come to the defense saying that was a mischaracterization or an exaggeration. But uh, yeah, I can totally see it, and I know you can, Polly. Uh, yeah, but over a chair, there's it's some, not over. There's a chair. something deeper hidden there. No, like you Listen, and I have worked together that long, and we only do two games a you know one game a week this time of year. I guess we're in here doing the show, but yeah. I mean, I, I want to strangle you on a regular basis. I just but have you a little more willpower. It. Yeah, you don't do uh, it. The, the feelings mutual, but <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, and you're usually behind me, so you could you could do the sneak attack. Uh, it's not about the chair. Rod Allen, uh, for the record, apparently has some sort of back issues, so he has a special chair. Maybe Mario was in the wrong chair. Maybe he was trying to stick it to him. I, I don't know. But then, if the report is to be believed. He follows him down the hall and chokes him over sitting in the chair. Um, I would love to know more about it, especially this is a road game. How, what was the deal with having the special chair on the road? There's, I just have so many questions. And uh, but, I, but here's the deal with baseball. You know, we probably we have one game a week this time of year and picks up a little bit in in basketball season. And you do get sick of one another oh, over the, the grind of the time you you spend. You're in close quarters, and even more so in baseball. These two are together. You know, working five, six, seven days a week from spring training, you know, to now the team stinks. It's hard work every day. You know, it's not heavy lifting, but it it's a grind. They spend a lot of time with one another, more than with their families, and I can totally see it. But it's the first time that I know of that it's ha- – I'm sure it's – Oh, there's been plenty of other, other like, circumstances, not quite like this, but – there's plenty of broadcasters that don't like each other. We, we, Boy, that, we know that a, a couple on our own, uh, you know, <laughs> our own situation where there's been been some of that, or our our predecessors and, and everything else. The, can't the sit, same. Uh, we, yeah, we know of a broadcast that can't sit next to each other. Well, well there's so. one now. They're, yeah, and they won national championships. Uh, that that's uh, that's an interesting one. There's a yeah. I don't think fans probably would even know who we're talking about. A major. There's a major basketball institution that you know of that wins a lot of games, and and they're. Two broadcasters like Coach Saddle and I were—he's my man. These two cannot and do not speak to one another. They and, need me between. <laughs> that's the equivalent of if Saddle and Matt didn't like each other, yeah. I would have to sit between yeah, them. Yeah, that, one, that one's so, pretty good. Um, I, I'll tell you, I—I'm not going to get to level of physical contact. I've given you physical contact, but not in this this uh, context. I was going to say, I've literally left basketball games bruised during the NCAA tournament. <laughs> yeah, Because you'll if, punch me in the leg if, if something, something good happens. Yeah, if something <laughs> silly, or good or bad happens, I might uh, I might rap Polly a couple of times. But uh, I will say this about the... If it were the other way around, this is where the jock is choking the dork. The other, <laughs> see, I, in our broadcast, I'm the dork. I don't know how like I'm going to offend Adam. Like I can't well, offend God Adam Terry because... For, I mean, the guy's 6'8 and 320. <laughs> if he decides to choke me, it is sayonara. So it, it's over. So I don't uh, see that happening. But um, I, you could definitely get under my skin, especially on game day I'm locked in. Don't mess with my stuff. Like the reason that I want to physically harm you, Polly, I need to, I need and want my stuff in a certain thing. I, this, and it's all for a reason to put the broadcast. I spend the whole week getting ready for all this. Don't take my pen. <laughs> Because you you didn't put enough forethought into the broadcast or to your work day to bring along your own pen, don't take my pen or my game notes or my flip card or my media guide. If you want to borrow it quickly and put it back, that's one thing. Don't take my stuff. So that's what it's going to be. And so that's, I'm sure, the type of thing that boiled over here with the Don't sit in my chair. But I can't wait to hear more about 
this situation. Your chair, I would need to boost it up. <laughs> All right, quickly, last two, Tommy. Elon Musk was smoking weed with Joe Brogan on his podcast, and Tesla is now down 7% in their stock because I don't of it. Yeah, I don't, I don't get it, especially people that are going to buy Tesla or drive Tesla. I don't see why they would have a problem with it. I don't have a problem with it. Never smoked a thing. Not my thing. It doesn't really bother me if, if you're into it. In this context, because I kind of put in Do your deal. the same person who wants an electric car into the same group of people <laughs> that would smoke weed, so I would think the stock would go up. But what do I know? And Colin Kaepernick, they had Nike had an event at their headquarters for the Colin Kaepernick commercial that that came out for the first time on TV yesterday during the NFL game, and he watched his own commercial at this Nike event. Do we care? Not. Even the slightest. I think that probably happens for every commercial of note with people in it. They do, you know, song and dance here to take care of the people that fund it or believe in it, whatever. I'm it, done on the. Uh, the it Kaepernick was the least. Yeah, it was the least offensive commercial I've ever seen. I thought it was a great. Commercial. I don't even know if I've seen it. it to be great. honest with it's you, it's a great commercial. I don't really, really care. I'm sure it's fine. Nike does a great job with with virtually everything they do. God bless them. Do their thing. Watch it. Don't watch it. Don't care. That's the definition of do we care? James Mungro. We do care about him. He's next. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse. This is In the Booth with Matt Park. In the Booth brought to you by Marriott Syracuse downtown here until the top of the hour. Talking orange football with you, the Cuse and Wagner tomorrow, 3.30 start. And then uh, Florida State and UConn the following uh, two weeks after that. Looking forward to those games as well. Looking forward to seeing a a new kind of dome atmosphere that's uh, will be a work in progress, but some things that are happening differently on the quad, the uh, in and out around the uh, Carrier Dome will be significantly different. And one of the things you'll see uh, different on the video board and some of the downtime is a program called Syracuse Saturday. It'll include uh, Tanisha Murphy from uh, Bridge Street as well as Lisa Chilenza from uh, TK99, the uh, Lisa, uh, Gomez and Lisa morning show, and James Mungro, the former Orange running back who joins us now. James, uh, good to have you on with us and uh, looking forward to seeing your deal tomorrow. How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, uh, tomorrow should be a very interesting, exciting time. Um, you know, they're doing all this new stuff at the Dome, and uh, and they involved me, at least and Tanisha. So uh, we're really pleased to kick the season off and have a loud house uh, like how it used to be. Sure. Uh, John Wildhack was on with Stephen Seth uh, before this, and I, I know one of the thought process, processes behind having some programming like this is to kind of merge the give the fans the best of both worlds. You really want to come to the games because there's things you can't see and can't experience when you're at home and and coming to the games is an experience, but we're also used to thumbing that remote all day on football Saturday, right? So you're kind of going to meet in the middle there. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's going to be good for the fans. The engagement we're going to do with the fans and, uh, you know, with the kids and everything, uh, it's going to be really exciting. And the good thing about it, it's not really scripted. So we have a lot of freedom to do a lot of different things and, you know, things that come to come to mind and we'll just do it. And we have the access to do that. So we're really excited about that. James Mungro is our guest, uh, outstanding orange running back back in his day and then uh, into the NFL, uh, notably with the Colts. We can get back to the idea of your show. Uh, it just kind of popped in my head watching a a two hundred yard rushing game by the quarterback on Friday night. What was your reaction to that? <laughs> you know, something. Well, I was watching the game, and uh, I just happened to have the media guy next to me, and uh, you know, his numbers start racking up higher and higher, and I said, "Wow, I mean, this is amazing." And then I thought to myself, well, "I think I have some pretty good numbers." Uh, 
he might have passed me. I'm not sure. So they took, when they took him out, he didn't pass me. But once he got back in, he did pass me, my single-season <laughs> uh, record. And I was really happy for him, really, really happy for Eric. Um, he's working very hard, and obviously he's the leader of the team, and everything goes through Eric. So, uh, I mean, I'm just very happy for him. And, you know, for a quarterback to have 20 yards, that's, uh, that's very impressive. Very, you do, very impressive. You do have a pretty cool record, James. You have uh, the record for 100-yard games in a season with seven that's pretty good okay i didn't know that okay yeah I, I just take one game at a time matt <laughs> you, just, you just never know who's gonna break your record i'm looking so. here for your high so your, your high was 184 that's no joke and I, I think that was in a bowl game i'm not 100 uh, maybe uh, boston, maybe, boston no, college i think, boston no. college, I think yeah. it was yeah. i was looking at the media guide at the time when eric was getting very close but you know i gotta take my hat off to bungee because he's really uh um, the way he's playing right now is fearless, and uh, he's just going to get better throughout the whole year. Here's the list of people that have had 200-yard uh, rushing games. The record still is Joe Morris, 252 yards. That was before the Dome opened in uh, 1979 against Kansas. That, by the way, was also the same year, 79, where Bill Hurley established the quarterback rushing record that stood until last Friday, to give you an idea. So that that's a 40-year-old record, basically. The late uh, Walter Reyes ran for 241 against uh, Central Florida. D. Brown, Walt also went for 237. So he's got two of the top four. Yeah. Damian, Damian Rhodes, 236. So that's five guys, five, four players in, in five games at uh, 230 and up. And then there's a little break. And maybe you've heard of the next two guys. 216 yards, Larry Zonka, Floyd Little. Prince yeah. Tyson Gully went for 203. Zonk went for 204. And Morris again, 203. Then there's a couple down uh, the list there. Uh, Jim Brown's single game high was uh, 197. Give yeah, you an idea. Yeah. And, 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 and reality is, too, if you would just imagine if Dungey would have stayed and uh, played the whole entire game, he might have broke uh, the whole records. Might sure. All the records. You know, and the, the guy for uh, Wagner is coming in. Ryan Fulce went for two seventy one in his opening game. He had a two twenty eight last year. I would think, and you've been there, James. We haven't. If you're running for the neighborhood of one eighty, that to me is the equivalent of scoring thirty points in basketball, where you got into the zone. Is that what it feels like? Man, you're in tomorrow. I mean, that zone he was in. Yes, exactly. I mean, you're really in the zone, and if he could put those type of numbers up, I mean, you don't have to throw the ball at all. Because they can't stop the run. <laughs> well, yeah, that's um, uh, the you know the service academies and Georgia Tech and places that, that uh, play that type of scheme. They say, hey, we're going to run it so well and be deceptive that uh, we don't need to throw it. So exactly. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it, and that's that's the whole thing about football. It's like you know, you, it's not really a, a tough thing to figure out the plays. If you're running the ball well, just keep doing it until they stop it. That's why they, they call it they execution. It, do something different. <laughs> Good stuff. Hey, a minute left, uh, James. Anything uh, that you can share? that you have in your plans for your production tomorrow, and uh, we'll, we'll know to look up there if there's some downtime in the game and see uh, you and Tanisha, and we, we chatted with Lisa about it the other day too, so it should be fun. Yeah, well, I mean, it's really going to be the first game. This is the first time we're obviously working together, so um, there could be a couple of hiccups, but I doubt it. But um, we're going to pretty much uh, keep this low-key right now and not say anything until it actually happens start, right. starting tomorrow. Well, that's a good way to do it. Set the expectation at a, a certain level, exceed that. We know you will, and we'll see you in the Dome tomorrow, right, James? No problem. I'll see you tomorrow then. That's James Mungro, former Orange running back standout, pride of uh, East Stroudsburg. He and uh, – Lisa Chalenza, Tanisha Murphy on the Syracuse Saturday program at the Carrier Dome during the home games, including tomorrow. So it's home game day. Love it. 
we'll uh, if we can kind of get everything set here. We got the Gomez and Lisa show that starts at the Sheridan. We'll be there at about twelve thirty. Then uh, Brian and Julian Wiggum, Adam Terry, and that crew they'll be out there at one thirty. Uh, Stephen Fani will be out there. Julian with, Wiggum with, with Julian's. Yep. So uh, they'll be on the quad beginning at two thirty. Kickoff three thirty. Come on up, folks. Bring your friends and neighbors and uh, and have a good time. We'll see a, a good showing in the Carrier Dome. Should be, for all intents and purposes, a, a lopsided game and an opportunity to to get some folks in. But uh, Wagner uh, does have a you know good coach and a handful of uh, quality players. We'll see what type of resistance they put up tomorrow. But uh, looking forward to it in the Dome opener at the Carrier Dome, a 3.30 kickoff tomorrow afternoon. Thanks to uh, Tommy Hogan, Paulie Sibilia, the crew here. Hopefully nobody gets choked. We made it through the whole week with no choking. We've got till April, buddy. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> April is a long way off, and, and uh, you know, it's really close. It's a, it's a, I was trying to figure out, when did you start? The show? No, like working at SU. Like when, when did, uh, the fall of 02. So... We've had to been together 16 years. Yeah. That would be 16 years, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah. This is 20. I might choke you about the math. (laughs) Come back and see if Polly still makes it on Monday, everybody. This is ESPN Radio Syracuse.